are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome into Devil's Talking Padres. Padres just split a four-game series with the New York Mets. I'm Dominic Stern, joined by Bobby Murphy. Bobby, welcome back to the West Coast. You're still not in California, but you're in Arizona, which is easier for us. Glad to have you back. I know you were here for the last episode, but it's good to have you back on the West Coast. Always, Dom. Always fun talking Padres. And, I mean, yeah, this last series against the Mets, I mean, we did, we did say we wanted to salvage a split. Uh, we did, uh, but... It's kind of a disappointing split the way that it started after we won the first two. Offense was not looking good all series. Then we had to face Jacob DeGrom, best pitcher in baseball. Uh, and I mean, I'm not I'm not mad about that loss at all. We had our chances, uh, just couldn't come through with it. Uh, Sunday losing the last game, I mean, that that was just a tough one. But overall, not the best series, but split f- uh, four games with the Mets, which is kind of what we were hoping for going in. If they're a first-place team, and they certainly looked – like a solid team this weekend. So Potters will get them again later this upcoming week. So maybe they can adjust and take that three game series in New York game. One was a really excited one. I was in attendance for this one. Potters jumped out to a two, nothing lead in the third inning when Fernando Tatis jr. Once again, hit a home run in his return. I told all my boys that, uh, the partake in gambling that if they can find it, Fernando Tatis jr. Home run prop, they did not. And they lost out on some money there because he had a home run. It hit off the glove of the Mets center fielder, Mason Williams. But uh, people were were telling me how uh, Mason Williams cost them runs. Mason Williams also almost took away runs from Fernando Tatis Jr. But that ball was hit a mile high, and it was crushed. When I when I when he hit it, I thought it was going to go all the way off the batter's eye. That's how far that ball looked like it was going. But the late night in Petco knocked it down. Padres then got across another run in the fourth inning after Profar singled in to hit to get in Caratini, and then in the fifth inning, Finner Tatis Jr. scored on a wild pitch that barely got away from the catcher. But I was watching it from my seats on the third base line, and I said, "Look how far down Fernando is getting down there." Uh, if he sees the ball get away, he's bolting and he's going to score. That's exactly what happened. And thankfully he did score there because the Potters did not hit him in exciting way to get up for nothing. Then the Mets got themselves back into the game and they tried to sneak in and get a blown save from Mark Melanson, but they couldn't quite do it. Potters ended up winning four to three. What were your thoughts on game one? Yeah, I mean, of course, you went over the wonders of uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, that home run was just beautiful. And then his awareness on the bases, of course, he's always a threat, uh, always going to be a 30-30 threat for the next uh, 10 years. But, uh, I mean, he was phenomenal this game. You Darvish, he went five and one-third, uh, two runs. Uh, didn't go as deep as he usually does. He had 90 pitches uh, in those five and a third of an inning. Uh, but he looked fine, uh, allowing two runs. It wasn't his best start of the season, but – Nothing to worry about there. Uh, Tim Hill, just a lot of walk, but got out of it with 13 pitches. Stammen did his thing, uh, got no base runners on. Pagan did not allow a run in the eighth, and then Melanson coming in uh, with some with some guys on base, getting in the double play and the game. That was awesome. Uh, watching these games on the East Coast, I mean, it's a late start out there. I've never been out there, so it was uh, weird looking at watching these late start times. But 
Melanson was able to get out of it. Nice double play by Kim up the middle to take it up himself and end the game. Uh, but, I mean, Pro Farm leading off this game, uh, went two for four. Uh, as we saw Tommy Pham um, take, the, take the night off. But uh, Tatis, two for four with two RBIs, two runs. He did his thing. Uh, just overall, just not the most pretty game, but uh, out hit the Mets. One for seventh runners in, in scoring position. This was a tough series to watch. Uh, the, the Padres get guys on and then bring them in. It really struggled with only six runs total in these three games. And this will be this will be an issue. I mean, it has been. And this, this team just needs to hit. They need to stay consistent. Uh, but you, Darvish, going two for two this game was very nice to watch, raising his uh, average to 125. So good for him right there. Uh, he had a nice double. But, I mean, just not the prettiest game. But, of course, a win's a win. Um, Darvish didn't look like his best self, but he looked solid. Uh, and Tatis did what Tatis does. You Darvish was really good through five innings, and then in the sixth inning, it kind of unraveled with the home run and then a hit by pitch. So he looked really good, wasn't able to get through six innings. He probably had the second, maybe third best start of the series for the Padres. And I mean, considering what you Darvish has done this season and considering what the other guys have done, I think that's progress for the Padres starting rotation. Let's move on to game two. This is a game the Padres held on to win two to nothing in a very low scoring pitchers duel between Blake Snell and Joey Lucchese was Lucchese's return to Petco park after the Padres traded in this off season. He looked good four and two thirds one and run, which, which was on a Manny Machado home run struck out three guys. He, he looked good. Wasn't a ton of hard contact from the Padres, but Blake Snell was even better. Seven innings, zero earned runs, 10 strikeouts, he was phenomenal in getting out of that seventh inning jam that Tommy Pham put him in. That was incredible. He, of course, had a no-hitter through six, and then Francisco Lindor hit a single that Tommy Pham misplayed, and it turned into a, I say with, I say this with air quotes, a triple, and then Snell struck out the next guy, got Pete Alonso to pop up, and then struck out Drury, and it, it, it was just electric. It was, it was so awesome, and... Potters were able to hold on in the end. Melanson, once again, made it close, but he struck out all three guys this inning. He, he looked good again. Pierce Johnson also looked good in the eighth inning. Padres were able to win it 2 nothing. And uh, Manny Machado with a, with two RBIs. I believe uh, a walked, uh, walking in a run, uh, I believe that does count as an RBI. Looking at, yes, it, on the box score it does, of course. Uh, but yeah, Manny Machado going yard in the first inning. And then bottom seven, uh, we saw three walks in a row. Machado ended up drawing a walk uh, to give us uh, some insurance uh, going up 2-0. So both of the runs courtesy of Machado. But, wow, Snell was just phenomenal this game. As you said, seven innings, one hit, one walk, 10 Ks. Uh, one of his best starts of the season probably is. Uh, he's had uh, some other good ones. But, I mean, he was just so he was so fun to watch this game. And after that uh, after that uh, misplay by Tommy Pham, I mean, that was that was a bad one. Uh, but Snow was able to get through it, striking out Drury, who had a really tough game getting a golden sombrero. Uh, and just the emotion that we saw Snell show was awesome. He was super hyped uh, getting out of the inning. Um, just no balls, getting to the outfield right there. And it was just an amazing performance from Snell in this game. Uh, Tommy Pham really struggled. He left a lot of guys on base. I believe it was four or five. And it was, he just really struggled. He went 0 for 3 in the leadoff spot. Did draw a walk. Uh, so we are still seeing him get on base a little bit. But... I mean, he really struggled at the plate in this game, uh, leaving guys on base, uh, hitting gr like grounders to the pitcher. Uh, he really struggled. 
Uh, Manny went one for three with the, with the two RBIs. Myers two for four. Uh, Revis one for three. Uh, it was nice to see him uh, back in the lineup this game. But again, not the prettiest game. Only two runs. Uh, but the pitching was absolutely phenomenal. As you said, Melanson got his 19th save, uh, striking out three after uh, while allowing the two hits in the ninth. But it was a tough one. It was scary, but uh, we were able to get out of it. And Snell threw an absolute gem. Blake Snell needed this, and the Potters needed it from Blake Snell. And uh, we had talked about it. Blake Snell had been disappointing, and even before he was starting to allow runs, he wasn't meeting the standard that Blake Snell had set for himself and the standard the Potters set for him when they gave up so much for him. But you and I, we both kept our faith and said, hey, his stuff still looks good. He just needs to make small adjustments. So we, we finally saw that from Blake Snell. And you see the results that are going to come with it. Seven innings. He's not going to go seven innings in a shutout baseball every single time. He looks good. But if he can do that a couple of times a month or starts close to that, you're really going to start to see the trade for Blake Snell really paying dividends because he's going to be worth it. He's incredible, but he had not been worth it in the slightest so far this season. But he finally looked the part and that is something that is very scary for opposing teams because the Padres going into this game were 36 and 22 with really only, or sorry, they were 35 and 23 with really only one good start. And that was against the Colorado Rockies away from course who have just been horrible away from course. So now they're trying, I'm not saying Blake Snell's back, but if this Blake Snell continues to show up, it is, it's going to be hard to beat the Padres when he's on the mound. And that of course was exemplified by the Padres beating a first place team while only scoring two runs. So great development for the San Diego Padres game three. Do we even need to talk about this game, Bobby? I mean, it was just Jacob deGrom dominated the Padres. I didn't even think he looked like that good for Jacob deGrom standards, but seven innings, 11 Ks. And you have to witness one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And in his prime, just absolutely destroyed the Padres. It, it was honestly pretty entertaining. Uh, I mean, there's nothing else you can say. Jacob DeGrom, I'm not disappointed at, in this game. I don't want to say in the slightest because uh, we did have our chances. Uh, and when, when you get guys on base against DeGrom, you got to bring him in. He's not going to uh, have a lot of mistakes. But we went one for eight with runners in scoring position this game. Only one extra base hit, which was to tease. We were out hit 13 to five. Uh, so did not... Uh, just the offense did not look good at all, of course. DeGrom, seven innings, three hits, one walk, 11 Ks. And just that first inning, just all fastballs, all over 100. And then he ends it uh, by striking out um, Cronenworth with, with the breaking ball. with his like not, I think that was either his 93-mile-per-hour slider or changeup. But it was just absolutely disgusting. He was pounding 100 in that first inning, as he did the whole game. And just his numbers are insane for how fast he throws, how consistent he throws. Uh, over 100 mile per hour fastballs. Um, he's just way ahead of the next starting pitcher um, throwing pitches over 100 by, I think it was 60 or 70. It's just insane. But I mean, he looks phenomenal this game. Uh, Padres, I mean, of course, we did not look good. Manny went 0 for 4, 3 Ks, 2 Ks for Cronenworth, 2 Ks for Hosmer, 2 Ks for Myers. Uh, Musgrove didn't, didn't look good. Uh, his stuff, I mean, he had 10 Ks in five innings, but allowing eight hits and three runs, I mean, wasn't one of his better starts of the year. And he his win-loss record, I mean, I know that's not the most telling thing for a pitcher, but Musgrove is now sitting at 4-5 and five with a 2.33 ERA. Uh, and he's just not getting much help. And just 
struggling a little bit in some games, but he's been inconsistent. Uh, but oh God, his stuff, I mean, even though he did get hit hard, his stuff looked great today with those 10 Ks. Uh, Tim Hill looked good um, going one in, in two strikeouts. Austin Adams did his thing, did get worked to 21 pitches uh, in the seventh inning, but he had two Ks. And then Chris Matt, I mean, just going as normal, two innings, uh, I mean, four hits and a run, two walks. He did not look good, but I mean, just it was a tough game. Jacob DeGrom, that's all you can say about it. Yeah, I it was funny. On Twitter, I posted a gif of like me kicking my feet up, saying, oh, you know, we won the first two and DeGrom's on the mound. I just get to enjoy this Padres game. And that's exactly how I felt. I did not go into this game expecting a win. And I mean, the Potters had their opportunity there in what the third or the fourth inning when Marcano and Myers came up with the bases loaded and they both struck out. And Marcano had a full count against them. And then the sequence of pitching there from DeGrom was beautiful after he tried to get Marcano to chase on one and two, and then two and two with two sliders, uh, two front foot sliders breaking off the plate to Marcano, the lefty. And Marcano didn't chase, he, he held up his check swing on the two two pitch. And I, I, myself, I thought he was going to just challenge him with a fastball because Marcano, bless his heart, has been a horrible hitter so far this year. And Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball right now and one of the best pitchers of all time. I figured, hey, DeGrom throws 101. Just going to say, all right, here's a 101-mile-an-hour fastball on the outside edge. Hit it. And uh, he came back with another slider and Marcano you know, I don't want to blame him because I, I would have been expecting fastball in that spot too. He chased for strike three in that end of the inning. And then at that point, you're like, or that that was the Potter's best shot. They didn't get it. DeGrom also went 0 for 3 in this game, which may not be a big deal, but DeGrom now has a 391 batting average and a 435 slugging percentage. He's just astounding. It's what incredible. Can't what can't he, I mean, coming into this game, he was hitting 9 for 20. He's a pitcher. That's I mean, obviously, it's, he ain't no Otani, but, I mean, just keeping him – I mean, O'Kree was good. I mean, we saw Stroman get a double later in the series, but uh, bringing in a run. But, I mean, that, that was good, not getting uh, – or not letting DeGrom get on base. But, I mean, as of now, he's scheduled for Friday. Uh, so, looks like we'll see him in City. They will. All right, last game. This is a game that I missed because I was working – Chris Paddock, another quality start, another really good start for him. He's starting to get really back in that groove where he's looking like a Padres starting pitcher in this really stacked rotation. Six innings, three and run, six Ks, one walk, six hits. He looks good. Um, I don't really have anything else to add from him. And Craig Stammen came in and he kind of blew it. Uh, two innings, four hits, three and runs, and just – it just didn't have his best stuff. And he's been a really good pitcher for the putters this year. I, I've talked about Craig Stammen uh, a ton on this podcast. Seems like he's kind of worn out at this time, which is obviously not a good sign. The Potters starting pitching staff needs to continue to work to even the game so that way pitchers like Craig Stammen can be rested so that way they can be up to their full potential for the rest of the season. And then Adams comes in and he strikes out two guys in an inning because what would an Austin Adams do? But the Potters offense was very quiet in this game, and a lot of credit goes to Marcus Stroman. He's having a very, very good year so far. He went six and two-thirds, zero earned runs after in the sixth inning, Fernando Tatis Jr. 
hit ground ball to Stroman and Stroman. I love him. This isn't me talking any, any smack on him. Uh, he loves, he loves to show off his energy. He loves to show off his swag. And he tried to look too cool making a play on Tatis and he threw it away and poor Pete Alonzo, not a good fielder at all. Uh, he couldn't scoop it. And then the ball got to the fence and he was going to throw the ball to second base. He realized Fernando Tatis Jr. was already there. So he, uh, he tried to eat his throw and not throw the ball. And instead he chucked it straight into the ground and Fernando Tatis Jr. Then got the third on a ball that he grounded to the pitcher. And then he, Scored on a ground out, man. That made it three one, and the Padres were in the game at that point. But they couldn't really do anything else, and the Padres were able to tack on another run in the ninth inning. But just not a good offensive performance. And when Craig Stammen comes in out of the bullpen and allows three runs, the game's kind of over at that point. And uh, before I go into anything else, just that play uh, between Stroman and Alonzo. That was just weird. I mean, Tatis hit the ball four feet in front of home. Uh, looked like he was an easy out. And then uh, once he's got to second, Lindor tried to put the fake tag on him and he thought he had the ball. And then he got to third. And I'm just, before I saw the replay, I had no idea what happened because Alonzo had the ball and the ball somehow ended up by home plate. Uh, and that was just one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. Um, uh, but yeah, Tatis was able to score on a Hosmer ground out uh, in that ninth inning. I mean, got a run. Uh, I was hoping we could get Tatis up with uh, the bases loaded in a four run ball game. Uh, but uh, ended on a pro far strikeout uh, with Cronenworth on deck to tease in the hole. Uh, but I mean, Paddock looked fine this game. Six hits, six innings, three runs with six Ks. Uh, allowed one the one home run, but I mean, not. I mean, he looked better. He looked better than usual. Um, and I'll t- keep. I'll keep taking the start from him. Stamen really struggled, like you said. Uh, kind of put blew the game back open uh, in the Mets' favor, and then Adams did what he does. But I mean. We've been, or I don't say mostly we, I have been, but mostly you, you always have been. Uh, Stamen, I mean, he's had a few, uh, one or, or two or three, uh, not the best appearances uh, in his most recent ones, but he'll be fine, not worried about him. Uh, but this was just a frustrating game to watch. I mean, we had six hits, we were getting some guys on base, five walks, but we just couldn't do anything with it. Uh, we weren't able to get guys in. Um, kudos to Stroman, he looked great this game, but... One for 10th runners in scoring position. This was just a really tough series. Uh, don't want to do the math right now, uh, now that I, I don't have it open, but it was bad with the runners in scoring position this entire series. Uh, and this last game on Sunday, it was just, it was tough to watch. Left nine guys on base. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was just disappointing. Uh, no one on the team had two hits. Uh, Fam drew two walks. Myers had a tough game, striking out twice. Pro far 0 for 4. Tatis 0 for 3. Um, I'll be with uh, scoring one of our runs, uh, but it was just a tough game to watch uh, for the bats. Uh, couldn't get when we were getting guys on base, just couldn't get them through, and that was the biggest issue for the Padres this series. Uh, was not able to bring runs in, uh, and they're going to need to bounce back uh, against the Cubs next series. Like I said, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not going to anything else. It it just looks ugly from like you said those stats: one for ten with runners scoring position and nine guys left on base. That is. Far from ideal. So before we do go on to the uh, Cubs series, um, Bam, I mean, he had two steals this game. Uh, we saw him get beat up last series uh, in his, on his first steal. I mean, he got hit, hit on the head by the by a glove. Uh, helmet was coming off, and he just took a shot. So Bam's getting, getting beat up, uh, but he had two steals this game, so shout out to that. The base running on this team is just phenomenal. Bam looked great on the bases today, or on Sunday. 
Stealing's always been a part of his game, and he continues to play well, which is obviously a great sign because the Padres need him to play a lot better, especially in the outfield. And he's been, dare I say, the Padres' second best hitter for quite some time now. And I mean, that's not a good thing, but that's good for Tommy Pham. So Potter's offense has a lot of stuff to work out. I agree with you. And I want to add one thing. I've talked about this quite frequently on the last couple of podcasts and also just on Twitter because it's been just absolutely bugging me. Fernando Tatis Jr. in the cleanup spot. You for or against it? Because I'm very against so I'm for it both ways. I love seeing him, seeing him. I don't say I love. I do like seeing him in the cleanup spot because I do know everyone is saying we need to have him up in the first inning for sure. Can't just have him lead off innings. And it was annoying seeing him lead off every inning with no one on base uh, a lot of the time. But I would rather have him at three than two, honestly. I mean, that's where it's tough. I would like when we're all healthy, I would like to see. I mean, the normal is Grisham, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer. Uh, but it's it's a tough spot, um, especially if Profar, Fam aren't getting on base. I know Fam has been drawing walks a lot um, and hitting better, but there's so many ways to be against it. I'm kind of for it, but it's it's a tough spot for me. I will keep him there for now, but because if we put him at two, he has got on base. Maybe maybe he gets a steal. That's what I love about that. Uh, but with cleanup, I mean, I just want to see guys in the first inning get on base. See some guys at the top of our order, get on base more, get the bases juice for him. Uh, but just all the evidence is against it. I'm still with it for now. Um, and I believe you are against it. So let me, let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm super against it. I mean, it it's honestly atrocious to watch, honestly, in my opinion, because Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best hitter on the Potters. No one's going to deny that. And he's been hitting well in the cleanup spot. No one else is going to deny that. I mean, those are just frankly facts that have been presented to us and no one is going to deny. However, do you think Fernando Tatis Jr. is hitting well because he's in the cleanup spot or do you think he's just hitting well because he's the Potter's best hitter and he's one of the best hitters in baseball? The fact that he's batting fourth means that three guys hit before him, which is completely fine. But the guys hitting before him are Tommy Pham, who's doing fine. Tommy Pham can hit in front of Fernando Tatis Jr. at this point. Manny Machado, not swinging a great bat right now. I'm fine with him hitting in front of him, I guess. Jerickson Profar. Hello? What are we doing here? There's no reason Jerickson Profar should be hitting above Fernando Tatis Jr. And Jake Cronenworth, who two weeks ago hitting in front of Fernando Tatis Jr. when he was swinging a good bat, getting on base, it made sense because now you're getting guys on base for your best hitter. But that's just not happening. So now you're getting three guys to have more at-bats than Fernando Tatis Jr., and oftentimes, he's leading off the second inning. Like, hello, red flag, your best hitter and your, your speedy guy. He's hitting leadoff. It's almost like he's hitting leadoff again, but now he's hitting leadoff in the second inning. And you're minimizing your chance of him coming up in that crucial spot by hitting him fourth. And I don't like that at all. I mean, that's just pure analytics. And what if Jerickson Profar comes up with two outs in the ninth inning and, and two guys on? when it could be Fernando Tatis Jr. in that one or that two spot. And I've also said I don't want him in the leadoff spot, and I've said that because I don't want runners on. I want Fernando in the two or the three hole. That, that's where I want him, and I'm very angry that he's in that fourth spot. It makes zero sense. And I was I was watching a game with a couple of our other East Village Times writers on Saturday, and they're showing the lineup, and I'm like, what logic is there in batting Fernando Tatis Jr. fourth if he's going to be hitting behind a cold Jake Kernanworth 
and Jerickson Profar. There's none. It is illogical. It makes zero sense. Yeah, I mean, for me, everything you just said, everything that everyone's thinking, uh, and it, they're all great points, but everything is against it. I'm like, I would rather see him in two or three, but I'm still not opposed for him in the cleanup spot, which sounds uh, counterintuitive, but we'll see. We'll see how it keeps going. Uh, once we get Grisham back, once we get him on base more, uh, instead of profile or fam in the leadoff spot, uh, maybe that'll look better, but that's why, that's why it's great. We all have different opinions, but for now, let's, I say, keep him there. It's kind of, it's tough. It's a tough spot, but um, it's, I mean, it's on Tingler for whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, this isn't me saying Tingler, you're bad at making lineups. Cause I think Tingler's done a great job with the San Diego Potters went 37 and 23 last year, won a playoff series. And the Potters have, I think the second best record in the national league at this point, their best record in baseball. I'd have to look to confirm that. I know they're obviously second in the division. So this isn't anti-Tingler stuff. This is just, hey, fix this one part of the lineup because I think it's very, very wrong at this point. All right, let's preview this upcoming series with the Chicago Cubs. Bobby and I want Devil and Wildcat when we preview the series with the Mets and recap the series with the Cubs. Starting pitches for the Potters this upcoming series. They are continuing their six-man rotation. It'll be Ryan Weathers on Monday. Denelson Lamette on Tuesday, and you Darvish making his return against the Cubs on Wednesday. You know, you're, you're probably going to get two of the shorter outings on Monday and Tuesday, and then you're going to need Darvish to go deep into the game on, on Wednesday again. That's just kind of the way the six-man rotation is. I don't know if I'm a big fan of it or not. I can't really decide because I think that we have six quality starting pitchers, but they're they're still not quite up there. Uh, but what, what are you expecting from these three guys against the Cubs? I mean, for these guys, first of all, I like the six-man rotation. Um, it keeps some of our arms just healthy because a lot of these guys don't go deep into games. I mean, Darvish is really the only one most of the time. Uh, Snell doesn't go deep. We just saw him go seven. Won't see that often. Weathers and Lamette, I mean, they're not going to go more than five innings. Uh, even even maybe five innings. They might not go that far. But, I mean, Weathers, I mean, first of all, this will be a – Another tough series. Cubs are coming off uh, just lost three out of four against the Giants, uh, but are still um, tied for first as of Monday afternoon with the Brewers. Um, but for, I mean, with Weathers in the first game, I mean, he didn't look great, or actually, he did not look good in that uh, last Tuesday start against the Cubs. Five innings, four runs, uh, seven hits, and two home runs. Uh, only two strikeouts, but he's not really a blow you away guy. Uh, but he got hit hard in that game. Uh, just need to see it. maybe three or four innings solid from him. I mean, going five innings against the Cubs. I mean, that's the most he's pitched since earlier, since the end of April. He hasn't gone uh, that far uh, since the win against the Dodgers, uh, where he looked phenomenal. But I mean, just if we can get four or five innings from Weathers, maybe one two runs. Uh, I mean, that that would be huge. Just get him deep as deep in the game as you can. I would love to see five innings from him right here. But, I mean, I'm excited for Weathers. He had a tough start against the Cubs, but before that, he, he had a great month of May, and he was looking great. Uh, and for Lamette, I mean, and the other loss against the Cubs, of course, uh, given the sweep um, last Wednesday, he went four innings, one run, six Ks. He looked great. Uh, did allow four hits in the four innings and a walk, but he looked great that start. Um, and cu- that was his first start since the extra inning went against the Astros, where we scored 70 11th, but he looked great in his last appearance against the Cubs. Uh, 
And if we can get four innings from him again, one run, I mean, same thing that I just said for Weathers, but for Lamette, I mean, he's been looking great so far this year. Um, and he's not getting like long appearances. He's been going two, th- three innings pretty much every time, went four against the Cubs and looked great. So if we can get that from him, that'd be good. We're going to see a lot of bullpen in these first two games, like you said. Uh, and then on to the last game with Darvish. I mean, looked fine against the Mets. Uh, that was um, one of our two wins in this past series. But I mean, his last two starts, he hasn't gone past the sixth inning. Uh, he had back to back seven in starts before that. Uh, if we get him going deep in this game, because I mean, the Padres have been playing a lot of games in a row. They're not getting many days off uh, during the stretch, and they won't until uh, just looking at the schedule. They get a day off Thursday. But yeah, finally a day off. So maybe if we can still get Darvish to go six, seven, the rest of the bullpen from whatever they might do in the first two, that would be huge. Because um, I mean, the bullpen thing can work. Um, we do have a good bullpen. Some guys have been struggling, some guys have been looking great. Uh, but I mean, I'm comfortable with, th- with the three pitches we had this series and it depends how we hit, uh, cause we could not in that last series against the Cubs only scoring six runs in the, uh, in those three games, uh, total. But th- if we can hit, just get, get some, uh, support for the pitchers. Uh, I'm feeling good about the series. Monday night uh, is on ESPN and get some uh, ESPN action. Yeah. It's if you, if you don't have volley sports in Diego, you can watch the game on ESPN. So that is pretty cool. And then it's also on ESPN Plus on Tuesday. So that is another thing. Starters for the Cubs, you're actually going to get an interesting mix of guys here. In game one, you're getting Adbert Alzale, who had five innings of one-run ball against the Padres last Wednesday in the final game of that series. He was really good. On Tuesday, you're getting the return of Zach Davies. I hope all Padres fans in attendance for that game give him a nice standing ovation just because he did a lot of great work for the Potters in 2020 season where the Potters, of course, made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. And no Potters fans were able to watch any of those starts. You're able to watch them a couple times in spring training, but that doesn't really count. So hopefully Potters fans give them a nice uh, warm welcome back to Petco Park. But hopefully the Padres, the team themselves, um, hit him hard because he's not having a great year so far. 4.94 ERA and 54 and two-thirds innings. Then Jake Arrieta, who's also not having a great year, 5.26 ERA in 53 innings. We'll get the starting game three. Hard sinker, good slider. He's got really good stuff. Obviously won the 2015 NL Cy Award and one of the most dominant second halves in baseball history. So we'll be interesting to see which Jake Arrieta shows up, especially against you, Darvish, former Chicago Cub in that outing. So... I think the series is going to be really interesting, Bobby. Uh, Potters fans have recently seen the Cubs, so I don't think we need to go too deep into their lineup. Uh, Patrick Wisdom is still killing the ball. Jock Peterson is still hitting well off righties. Contreras, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, they're all having really good years. I don't think we really need to go deep into it, and their bullpen's really good. So you got any other final um, I mean, just wanted to take another quick look at the uh... – Pitchers for the Cubs. Uh, like you said, Alzale had a great start against us, and he's been pitching great this year. Zach Davies, uh, pretty much just what you just said. Also hope he gets a great ovation from the fans. He was really fun to watch uh, as a San Diego Padre last year. Like you said, he's been struggling this year. In April, he was awful. In the month of May, he had a 1.72 ERA. He was looking great. Uh, he had a tough start against the Giants um, last Thursday, but his month of May was phenomenal. Only had uh, one start where he allowed more than uh, – one earned run. So he's been looking great. Uh, 
in the past month. So that will be a great series. Arietta, like you said, really been struggling this year. Uh, just got rocked by the Giants in this in that uh, past game on Friday. Um, but I mean, going against some some solid pitchers this series. Uh, Arietta, of course, is not what he used to be. Um, Davies always been fun to watch, and he's been pitching a lot better ball. But it should be a good series. You just can't get blown away. Can't have them looking like Degrom. I know, of course, they won't won't look like Degrom, but the series, I mean, we went against Walker, Stroman, DeGrom. I mean, those were some tough matchups. Uh, and the guys out for the Cubs this series, I mean, solid pitchers, of course, but nothing like we saw against the Mets in that last series. So we shouldn't get the bats going, get runners in scoring position, and then hit them in. That will be the biggest thing in the series because uh, I'm com- I'm very comfortable with what we're throwing out with our pitchers. If we can get Weathers, Lament to go four or five innings, and we can get some early runs, that'll be huge. Yeah, I, I want the Potters to win this series. Just take two out of three. Uh, it's at home. It's the last three games of this homestand. It's the last three games of this stretch of 20 games in 20 days. So give it all you got. Then you got the day off on the plane, of course, going across the country to New York. It, it's, been a, it's been a grind for the Potters, and it's going to get better because you're not going to have any stretch like this. And then you're, you're obviously getting Thursday off. And then your next day off is going to be on the 24th. So, I mean, they get, it looks like, 12 days of games. So, like I said, it, it's going to get better. Potters keep grinding. And I hope that they can uh, get two out of three from the Cubs because the Cubs are a good team. They're in first place. But I think that everyone in baseball would consider the Potters to be better than the Cubs. So, Hopefully they can prove that this weekend. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of Devils Talking Padres. We thank you all for tuning in. You can follow Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMStern19. You can find Bobby Murphy at BobbyMurphy2000. Still tweeting about his sons as the Suns did knock off my Lakers. Uh, it was a great series, unfortunately. One of the stars for the Lakers was unable to play in some of the last three games, but the Suns just went out and dominated. They looked like the better team in They look forward to their very exciting series with the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference semifinals. So Bobby will be tweeting a lot about that and the Padres, of course. So you can find us there. Check out our work at eastvillagetimes.com as this is an East Village Times podcast. And we thank you for tuning in. We will catch you on either Thursday or Friday or even Wednesday because the game's early. We thank you all for tuning in. Go Padres.